Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity Greger. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We help you get your business off the ground and up running smoothly so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Go to wiredtochange.com to get more information on our programs. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wired to Change. With the number two. There you go. Our show today is continuing on the what's. This is our what series. So we are leading off this show with what is your target audience? And don't ever stand up and say anybody that needs fill in the blank because it's not going to help you at all. Yeah, defining your product or service is paramount to (laughs) coming up with your branding message. Mm -hmm. But first, you can't brand something unless you know what it is that you want to brand. I've seen so many times where people think they have a good idea, but it's not necessarily something that is going to fill a void or fill a need. But we've seen other instances, like we were just talking about Snapchat, where there's a million different social media platforms and they decided to come into an already Mm -hmm. saturated marketplace and are doing fantastic. So don't discount it. Going back to putting things on paper, your goals and your mission statement and your business plan, what separates you from your competition? And don't say, I've been doing it longer. Don't say, I grew, I was born and raised here. That doesn't mean a thing. If you are a, and this will be a male-female reference, and just bear with me here. I am female. You are male. Right. If I meet a guy who tells me, oh, I've been in the insurance business 20 years, he could have a spouse that's head of thoracic surgery at the local hospital making $500,000 a year, and he makes enough money to keep to pay rent on his office so he can say he has an office, and all he does is play golf. You've told me nothing by saying, right. I've been in the market 20 years. Right. I, I don't care. Yeah. That'll help one day, but if that's your lead bullet point, you've lost me. Tell me what your product or service does. Tell me why I need that. Mike, I am very curious. When you started your other two businesses, yes, well, three business. You've had the laundromat, you've had the pest control company, commercial the cleaning, cleaning, commercial cleaning, yeah. coaching business, yep. and the public speaking, speaking business, and the podcasting. As so. you were coming up with your. Um, mission and vision and your product or service, what was the thought process or the steps that you went through to figure out what your brand was? Or not your brand, your product or service. Yeah. The the two things that are intertwined in the three things I'm doing right now, you and I are doing the business coaching mm-hmm. and I'm growing public speaking and also been a podcaster for a little over a year. So this is my second one. Which, and, it doesn't matter that he's been doing it a little over a year. How many podcasts do you have under your belt? Uh, 58. 58. Yep. And he knew that without hesitation. Oh, yeah. yep. Love it. The common themes are storytelling and starting. Mm-hmm. Most people tell me, oh, I wouldn't be a good interview subject. I don't have any good stories. And in reality, you do. You just don't think they are. But when you sit down and somebody asks you about Hey, tell me about the neighbor. Like I had my neighborhood pool reunion last weekend. Tell me about the neighborhood you grew up in, and their your face changes. You sit up straighter. You talk. Are these about, all people that lived in the same community? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We had about fifty people. Oh. 
But when you ask somebody about something personal, where'd you mm-hmm. grow up? Tell me about your first uh, day in high school. Tell me about your first job. Tell me about your best friend in fifth grade. Or what were the fun things to do in the neighborhood? I, I know when I was, first thing I remember, we lived in Delmont, Pennsylvania. So I was, I think, three and four. And our neighbors across the street from us, the Dodds's, had a tree fort in their backyard. We would pick up teams, and the team that was in the tree fort had about five minutes to find all the dirt clods they could find because once they get up there, they run out of dirt clods. And then the game began, and the game ended when somebody cried. I'll tell that story all day long. Most people would think, oh, nobody wants to hear that, but it's funny. Right. So most people have a story. I'm over here chuckling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was a blast, yeah. <laughs> One, yeah. because you threw dirt at each other. Second, you used the word clawed, which is... Oh, dirt clawed. Oh, I yeah. love that word. Oh, old school. Way old school. So, uh, And it hurt, too. Yeah. Sometimes there were rocks yeah. in them, but you didn't uh, know it sometimes. And then sometimes you did. So Sometimes and, and it was and sometimes it was a dog turd. So yeah, no big deal. Really, yeah, just hardened over <laughs> yeah, in the summertime, yeah. And then it snowed a lot there. It's right outside Pittsburgh. So it snowed a lot. We lived on a big old hill, and we just go sliding down the hill. Yeah. It felt like it took us a half hour to get to the bottom of the hill. In reality, it was probably six houses. Right. But when you're three and four and five years old, it's, you know, half an hour down the hill. But people have stories. They just don't think they're good stories. Right. So what I was trying to bring to all this with the business coaching, I wanted to help people start their stories because I've started mm-hmm. some in the past. We love helping startups mm-hmm. because that's where we kind of skill honed our skills yes. is starting this, starting that different ways. And I just love the startups and helping people write their own story. So that's kind of how I branded mine is what's going to separate me. Because a lot of business coaches we work with, they're like, oh, I only want the $5 million clients. Well, somebody calls us, we'll take that. Mm-hmm. But we love newbies and startups and, and people that were I've, like us and just like what we're doing right now. We're we're you right now mm-hmm. in this industry. We have experience in this, but officially on paper, we're new. And so I love the journey part of it. I do too. And I've always had a passion, which you have passion written down here. Yep. And I don't believe that you need to necessarily have a passion for every business that you launch, but you need to be passionate about the way in which you do it. So my passion is in helping other people and connecting others. So one of my nicknames growing up was The Hub because I always knew what was going on, where it was happening. If somebody needed something, I was the person that they, Small they came town to. Small town Michigan. Right? Small town. Tell Just Trinity. Tell Trinity. Ask her. She yeah. knows what's going on. Um, I went to a small liberal arts college. Same thing. Was the person that knew all the different social groups. So bringing people together, connecting people, and then helping them find and implement their ideas has just been something that I've really enjoyed doing. So I've done it in financial services. I've done it within real estate. Um, Now we're venturing outside of those two industries, which is even more exciting to be Mm -hmm. doing it in a different capacity. But that's my passion is helping others and helping them to get off to a really fast start and breaking records whether it's selling a house the fastest or watching someone start a business and they, you know, hit their first million faster than anyone's ever done it before, really digging into their processes and their systems and figuring out, okay, how are they going to break the mold? 
which people will come to us. And I've had, since we've started talking about this podcast and talking with small business owners, so many people who have an idea and they want to run it by us, which I absolutely love. Oh, sure. And it's amazing the amount of brilliant ideas out there. But then I turn around and ask them, all right, think through (laughs) this great idea that you have. It sounds very sparkly on the outside, but is it going to answer the following questions? Does the market have a need for this? Yeah. Right. That's question number one. So when you're trying to figure out what your product or service is, does the market have a need for this? Um, We were talking about a couple of examples um, of great businesses that have unique products or services my favorite being FedEx. Your favorite being uh, well, Uber and South, but Southwest. Southwest. I lived in, 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 te- I lived right. in Texas for ten, probably ten years. It was easy to get on a plane in Austin. I could fly to Dallas. Of course, this was in the eighties. Uh-huh. But it's thirty-five bucks one way. And Southwest uh, got a lot, just like FedEx got a lot of blowback in the aviation world because mm-hmm. all these big boys like now we don't want these people in here and Southwest changed the helped change the industry and it you found out it didn't cost 180 bucks to fly one way from Austin to Dallas right. you could do it for 35 bucks their planes were filled mm-hmm. if you've ever flown Southwest uh, the presentation of floating devices and seat belts from the flight attendants. So funny. Stand-up comic routine. It's yes. hilarious. It gets your attention. It does. It separates that. It's no frills. They get you there quick. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with that. Yep. It's tough the to The cattle go. call. Yeah, exactly. They stick yep. you in line, and there's yep. no zone A or zone I'm B. Good with that. You get a number, yep. and you get in line, and they herd you yep. on the plane. And I get places early, so I always like that. Just tell yep. me what I need to do. Oh, first one there gets the best seat? Okay, I can do that but i love that i love that um i love fedex i love that there were already big players in an industry Mm -hmm. the mail industry and you had the united postal service you had what is it uh ups what's the other one dhl whatever yeah yeah but fedex they came into an already crowded marketplace, and not only did they figure out that there was a need for something new, which was getting people exactly what they wanted when they wanted oh, it. Oh, overnight, yeah. And my favorite part of the FedEx story is that they charge more for it, because what are people willing to pay for? Yeah. They're willing to pay for value. And then if you look at, try not to make this a rant, uh, if you're mailing something, if you're mailing an envelope, Mm-hmm. From Miami to Seattle, FedEx is going to charge you full price, Miami to Seattle. Yep. The Postal Service, whatever the charge of the stamp is, $0.38. Cents. Yep. And <laughs> so the market, FedEx said, here's the market. You want it here's there overnight the in Seattle, you pay $2.08, right. whatever it was. Yep. But, in again, we people will pay for what they want to pay for. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that if you are the highest priced you are not going to get the business. If you're the highest price landscaper, you might not get the business. If you're the highest price clothing line, you're probably going to get the business. If you're the highest price hairstylist for women, you're probably going to get some business. If you're the highest price and you provide the best value for the money, it all comes down to economics, my second favorite topic, supply and demand. So if you have something that people people are willing to pay what they feel it's worth. 
And that's why I love just the free market. It gets it gets me jazzed up. Well, just think going. of the houses you list. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the market says it's three hundred thousand, but if you've got nine bidders for it, it might be three hundred twenty thousand. Yep. The I don't I don't name the price of the house. The market does. Yeah. And then the people tell you what they're willing to pay for right. it. That's what the house yep. is worth. But I do help my clients prepare their homes so the market oh, yeah. says it's worth the most. Yeah, but the market will tell you, and again, if yep. you're a small business owner, the free market will tell you pretty much everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. If your service and pricing are not up to par, it will tell you because your phone won't ring. Right. Um, which brings me to my next point, which of our what series is, what void are you filling? FedEx filled the void of people yeah. wondering where the are my yeah. letters, right? People got really annoyed at the fact that they were trying to send things through the mail and important documents, pictures of your niece or nephew, whatever oh, it yeah. is, yeah. weren't showing up on time. Um, Uber. Oh. Gosh. People can bang on them all they want, but most people who use it love it. I do. Yeah. I I prefer Lyft. Right. Yeah. I actually, this goes back to trying to figure out what kind of a podcast to do and a show to do, but about a year and a half ago, I drove Uber for about three months. Really? A friend of mine in Charlotte named uh, Fred Armstrong. He and Uh I used to work at uh, Daytona International Speedway. I was there, and he was with MRN Radio. And Fred and I had an idea, because I'm driving all around town anyways. And I thought, you know what, let me see if this will work one day if I've got a dead time. And uh-huh. and just that and the other. And Fred and I were talking one day. He goes, hey, you know what? What if we could make a podcast out of this by just me, who is chatty in general, uh-huh. making conversation with the, cl- with the passengers. And we've right. seen Cash Cab. There's uh-huh. plenty of those that were out there. But just trying to do it Uber, because people come from all over the place, and they generally... If they're chatty, I can get them to talk a little bit more. It's not a problem. What we ran, and again, the market will tell you this, the problem we ran into after talking to a lawyer, we would have to get them to fill out a form. Now, think about Trinity. You and Scott, I pick you up on a Friday night. You're going to your favorite nightclub, and we chat and everything. I tell you, hey, we're You just have it on the iPod. But hang on a sec. Uh-huh. So I come up to the nightclub. You two have been fired up about all week, and you've got to sit in my car for another 12, 15 minutes to read a document and then sign it? Not going to do it. 12 minutes? What kind of document are they signing? Well, in legalese, there's a bunch of stuff. Well. There was enough stuff in there, but you're probably not going to do that. And that's the where that's the. But again, that's. I what, would ask them for their permission to record and then email them the document. And anyways, I have. Yeah. I, I think I figured out how to okay. make yeah. this work. And I came up with a really great name for it. What was it? Okay. Well, don't. We're tell not, me I'm not going to tell you. But I had put. I put a microphone in the car, just uh-huh. trying to driving around, and not using it, but just trying to see how it would. I would have friends in the back right. of the van, just checking that out. But so I mean, I enjoyed Uber. I thankfully yeah. I had nobody throw up in my car, Ooh. but just trying that out. But again, you can try anything you want yep if you do it correctly people are going to find you if you do it correctly and word gets out they'll find you the market Mm -hmm. will find you if you're doing it right so what problem are you solving if you were going to be having so but you know not every product or service solves a problem of something that it can fill a void people People do things based on pain or pleasure. Right. And some things, like po- listening to podcasts, a lot of time our mm-hmm. podcasts are purely because it's educational or fun mm-hmm. or funny. Um, but the void that filled usually boredom. is... Boredom. Right. You're on the treadmill. <laughs> yes. 
or you're driving and you hate AM mm-hmm. or FM radio, you don't want to listen yep. to the chuckleheads on, you know, 99, the whatever. And all those ads. Right, exactly. And yep. it's uh, it's on demand. So I can listen to the first 20 minutes on the drive to work. I can listen to the last 20 minutes on the drive home. Mm-hmm. If I don't get to it today, I can get to it on Thursday. Yep. It's okay. And most of the time it's free. And if you don't like yep. it, you can just turn it off. Yeah. Yep. Um, which but big rant yeah. coming mm-hmm. on future episode is businesses that make it almost impossible to cancel their services. Yeah. We're going to talk about why customer service when you're ending a relationship is uh, just as important as customer service when you're beginning a relationship. Yeah, yeah it's um, never burn your bridge. But going yeah. back to the to the void you feel it can be economical if this neighborhood or this range this salary range of people can't find this if it's geographic well, and we're in the triangle here, so, well, Durham has it, but Wake Forest doesn't. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Because it, Wake Forest is not as big as Durham, but things are growing that way now. Yep. So now people are looking at, uh, just saw a headline today that Chick-fil-A is coming to Wake Forest. That's a void being filled because now it's time to be there. There's because no it's, Chick-fil-A in Wake Forest? Uh, there may be one, but oh. where this one's going now. Uh, but again, it can be it be, can be any kind of void. It can be a timely void, an economic void, a geographic void. Uh, uh, male, female, age range. It could be anything, but what void are you filling that people... And it could be, a lot of times, it's a product or service you use. It's like, you know what? I could do that better. Mm-hmm. And so be it. Had, take a stab at it. Put a plan together, as we talked in the previous episode. Put a Must plan together. A plan. But st- if you want to start something, just research the daylights out of it and figure out, can it be done? Do you, and more importantly, do you want to do it? And then can it be done? I know we, again, going back to our coaching thing, what we found out is there's not a lot of business coaches willing to work with startups because mm-hmm. they want the $5 million and the $10 million. I love when people say, I'm looking for small business owners, you know, 5 to $10 million in revenue. Okay. That's you know, a little, little you, bit bigger than small. To, but <laughs> you have to get there. And yep. um, I've had a lot of success taking people who have never been in business before and helping them. To be, you know, within a year turning a profit. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's quite possibly the most fun oh, yeah. thing I've ever done. Yeah. And you were talking earlier on your businesses, connecting people mm-hmm. and all that. And mine, the first three businesses I had were solving problems. Laundromat. Right. Where am I going to wash my clothes? Oh, I can mm-hmm. go there 24-7. And I had cameras. Yep. 24-7, that solved a problem. Commercial cleaning solved a problem. We have clients coming in every day, and if they see, you know, dirt on the window ledge and trash isn't emptied and things like that, and then pest control. My kids can't play in the backyard because there's ants everywhere, Mm -hmm. or I got cockroaches running through the house. Solves a problem. What do you? What do you want to do? What can Mm -hmm. you do? And does does the market need you? Yep. And sometimes they don't need you, but if you're good enough, it's the twenty sixty twenty rule. Top Are you 20%. talking about the Pareto principle, the yeah, 80-20? 20, 20, no, it's kind of like employees, and, and I don't mean to say it this way, but if you've ever managed employees, you'll follow me. 20% of your workforce is killer. Yeah. You pay them to keep them. Yep. 60%, eh, not bad. Most of them, some of them have potential, all that stuff. The bottom 20, you just keep lopping off. Right. Till you raise that yes. 60%, the 20%. And it's the yeah. same thing with businesses. Not every business is run great. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the most fun, and I know you've had this, 
we had this in the cleaning and the pest control. We got accounts because the previous account holder was bad. Right. So not everybody in your industry is yes. going to be good and well-respected. And you look good following a bad company just by showing up the second day. They love you because mm-hmm. the other people didn't show up the second day. They were there on the third or the fourth day. Showing up is half the battle. Oh, all of it with a smile. Always with a smile. With a smile. So definitely figuring out what problem you're going to be solving is integral to figuring out what your product or service is going to be. Mm-hmm. Also, once you've figured out what your product or service is, really being able to articulate what your unique value proposition is and getting that message across. And one of the next topics we're going to discuss is going to be branding. Yep. But you cannot start branding something unless you know what your unique value proposition is. I call that your UVP. Yep. And your the real estate world for you is can be difficult. You can't stand up and say, I while it's true, I want to meet anybody who's thinking of selling their house. Yeah, no. Doesn't does. motivate me to go knock on and doors to my friends. To. Hey, right. <laughs> but so you're more specific on what where you're telling your mm-hmm. referral partners to fish for right. you. And that's yes. the whole thing. So when I'm meeting with a referral partner, I let them know that the type of referrals I'm looking for are people like them, people who think like them, people who are looking for a real estate advisor and that want to maximize the profit from the sale of their home. And get the biggest return on investment. And those are my ideal clients. Um, I let them know who I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for the person who's shopping around discount brokers and discount services. If if what they're looking for is the lowest price, our mindsets are not ever going to be on the same the same level because what I'm looking for is maximizing the dollars in their pocket. And I don't do that through being the lowest price. Right. And another example, and I don't think we've talked about this yet is tell people along the lines of what you said, Mm -hmm. tell people what you don't want to do. Yes. Because I asked you a question about three weeks ago when I go walking in my neighborhood in the morning, one of my neighbors put up a sign for sale by owner. Yep. And I asked you, do would you like me? And you couldn't, you didn't let me finish the sentence. You said no. No. Why? Because as much as I appreciate that you're thinking of me, Mm -hmm. that is not how I get my clients. So I work by referral. So calling a for sale by owner, that's like me. I might as well just go bash my head into a brick wall. (laughs) And that sign has been up about a month. He he may have activity. I don't know. And, And they might wind up going with an agent at some point, but the amount of, the amount of, um, persuading I would have to do to change that person's opinion on real estate professionals is much greater than the amount of persuasion that when somebody's referred to me and that person that referred them had a great experience, that client's pretty much a layup. And now I can spend more of my time and resources working with that person than going out and pummeling the streets and going after for sale by owners or expired listings. And I think I know another reason why people put up that, and they call them FSBOs, F-S-B-O, for sale by owner. I know another reason I think why they do that is because they pay the the they pay the realtor. So so a couple of different ways. Sometimes they aren't offering any commission to real estate agents. Sometimes they will work with real estate agents. Sometimes they don't. So that um, if one of my buyers likes a FISBO, then I'm going to call that 
for sale by owner and talk to them on behalf of my client, um, representing as a buyer. But um, occasionally, do those people turn around and turn into a potential listing? Yeah, it can happen. Um, But for the most part, like, that's just not my ideal way to get a client. Like, I wouldn't ever go out and just, you know, be knocking on doors or um, traipsing around neighborhoods because that's just not, that's not within my marketing plan. Yeah. Now there's agents that do it and there's, oh, yeah. and they do it because part it works, right? It just doesn't work in a high enough percentage of the time for it to be worth my time to do it. And that's what leads me to my next part with your unique value proposition is, are there ways to explain your business that could work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it really, you really have to dig in and find out what is your unique value proposition and how can you very um, quickly express that to others so they understand without losing them. Because right. um, there could be a million different ways to say it, and it takes a little bit of market research to to figure that out. And I would say talk to your friends and talk to your family because they love you and they're going to listen to you no matter what, yep. as long as they're not mm-hmm. jerks. But also go to other people within your industry. Yep. We talked about this on our last podcast. People within your industry are going to quickly be able to say, oh, you know what? That makes no sense. Right. <laughs> or that makes a whole lot of sense. Yep. So. If you have two people you trust, mm-hmm. you they will tell you if you are awesome and they will tell you if you suck. Mm-hmm. Run that by them. And if yep. they both, at separate times, and if they both look at you like, I don't understand, there's your answer. Yep. They've got to know, and we tell this to people all the time, if you can't explain yourself to me, how can I refer you? So don't use big words. Don't get caught up. A lot of times we tell people, lead with the problem you solve. Mm-hmm. For example, in pest control, during the summertime, I can help you sit on your back deck at night. And people go, well, how do you do that? What do you do? And I said, well, I kill mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, good. We've been waiting for that. But that's what I do for them, and that's the problem that we solve. Because if I said, well, I, I do pest control. Okay. Yeah. Keep talking. Great. I can tell you. Yeah. I already tuned out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why there's no podcast on yeah. pest control. I'm sure there yeah. is. So if there yeah. is, say so. Well. But here's the problem I solved summertime. Because that's what I started asking I'd for. I call it bugging out. Exactly. If you or your neighbors cannot sit on your back deck in the summertime, I can help you. And that's you who I asked for. And yes. depending, if you live in North Carolina, it's tough. Yes. Sitting on your back deck. And, you know, so that's the yeah. problem we saw. Which solved. we need to call you because I finally had a, a bug incident at my house there the other go. day. See? We'll do it. Yep. I will send Phil out your way. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but so you have to be that specific. You, you do. You've got to make, you've, you've got to say something to make people do something. If I said, hey, I just want to meet anybody with, uh, you know, ants in their backyard, that's not going to motivate anybody to do anything. But then when I tell you, I need to talk to people that can't sit on their back deck. Right. Now you're thinking for me because I've told yes. you specifically what I'm looking for. Just like in the real estate world, if you said, I only work in these neighborhoods. Okay, now I know where to look for you. And, and going back to a previous point on what we don't do, and here's a fun one that we all will agree to. I won't drive 40 miles, but for a big job, I'll drive 40 miles. <laughs> and just be honest with people. 
that's yeah. again be honest yeah <laughs> and within the real estate realm the coaching realm and even the financial services realm um, for me, it's never been as much about um, location and probably because of what I, the things that I'm dealing with are always in, you know, they're a pretty high dollar amount, um, which means that my time is more limited and I'm much more particular about the type of client that I'm looking to work with versus a geographical location because I have a referral out to Chicago right now. I have a referral out in Arizona. I have so I can refer things out to my network wherever they go. Um, but those people are freaking awesome. Those are the types of referrals that I look for. And that's not going to work with every type of business, but the more you can get specific on what it is that you provide and who your target demographic is, that's going to want to buy it. Then you can formulate your unique value proposition And, and that problem that you solve or the void that you fill and we had to, we struggled with this because again, we're on the same journey you guys are on if you're new in business. When we started talking that we wanted to do this together, business coaching means different things to different people and means yes. nothing to others because they're like, yeah. what the hell was that? And we talked at length about, okay, what And does I don't that even mean? like to tell people that I, you know, um, that I took life train, life coaching classes yeah. <laughs> because let's, let's be honest. I've got a lot of friends out there that are life coaches. Some of y'all are a little nutty, <laughs> but there's some good ones. Yeah. But life coaching gets a very, very bad rap. So I don't even like to usually mention it because people think, oh, you're just another life coach. Yeah. And so, but I tell people that there needs to be a way and I'm open for suggestions to be able to encompass that into what we do because it does help bring in the personal element of digging into somebody's brain on a much more psychological level than just looking at the numbers and looking at it from the business aspect. And we can't stand up again. We're using our own advice. We can't stand up and say, hey, we're Mike and Trinity, Trinity and Mike. We're business coaches. We're looking for anybody that just started a business. That you're not that that's not going to motivate you Mm-mm. to do anything for or with us. Now, when we tell you startups two years or younger, okay. Now we're we're you know we're getting mm-hmm. into a smaller pond to fish in. Yep. And then when we talk a little bit more specifics like that on yeah, either, we like people who who don't mind us tinkering in their heads, right? Or they're just getting ready to start, or there's mm-hmm. so many businesses out there. The numbers are staggering on how how many businesses crash and burn in the first mm-hmm. year, the second year, the fifth year. If they're on six months into their new business and they're just stuck, right? That's who. Would, so we mm-hmm. did, we had to keep refining our message, and we still are to this day. Yep. When people ask us questions, but you've got to be able to stand up. In, if we call it's called an elevator pitch for a reason. Mm-hmm. You've got us for 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds at a networking right. event. If you have to explain the history of the company to tell me what you do, you just lost, yep, you just lost us. Mm-hmm. So find out what it is. Find the key word or two, the problem you solve, the void you fill, whatever you want to call it, to get people's attention where they go, oh, that's pretty cool. What would you say sets us apart from the competition? We hear something I learned uh, talking with other business coaches there's a heavy percentage of business coaches that have never owned a business. That's like taking tennis lessons from somebody who's never played tennis. We've owned businesses. Mm-hmm. We've started businesses. We've hired people. We've trained people. That's what we bring to the table. Do we have all these letters after our, after our names? No, we don't. 
Do we have the School of Hard Knocks? We absolutely yes. do, which helps a bunch. So we can, we've been through that. That's what we bring to the table is being able to cut through the crap, help you write a business plan, mm-hmm. cut through the crap. And a lot of the questions we ask are very personal before we even get started, just to find out who you are right. and why, why are you doing this. Mm-hmm. And would we even have fun working together? Yeah. How oh, much yeah. fun do we have? Oh, we have a blast. We have a blast. <laughs> but it's right, like you said you earlier. you pick on you. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Like you said earlier, there's got to be a fit on anything. And your does. account, anybody you, anybody that's your a vendor for your you, attorney, you yes. got to have, there's got to be some sort of connection. Mutual there. respect. Yeah. There needs to be an element of fun because business, even today, when you walked in today, yeah. you were feeling a little. Having a crappy day. You were having a crappy yeah. day. We turned that around in less than an hour. Yeah, we Boom. Did. We did. Big yeah, mini, mini, mini coaching <laughs> session. It was perfect. Um, but that's what we do for each other, yeah. and that's uh, going back to one of our very first podcasts was the benefit of finding a business partner yeah. that complements you in ways because when I'm go- having an off day, usually you're not and vice versa, mm-hmm. and yep. that really works in our favor. Oh, big time, yep, big time. Uh, especially with um, there are certain businesses like – coaching, um, real estate. Um, I'm thinking a lot of, uh, I have friends who are attorneys, family attorneys, estate planning attorneys, that uh, if you're um, starting um, down the road of being a therapist mm-hmm. or a counselor, these are these are things where it can very quickly get heavy. And by heavy, I mean you can start taking on a lot of emotional baggage from your clients having a good partner or a coach or somebody that you can play that off of and work through is very important because yeah. if you start to let that eat away at you, you'll get very exhausted and burnt out yeah. so fast. I When I first started coaching, one of my coaches, her name is Sabina, who was coaching me on how to coach financial advisors, yeah. and it was fantastic, but I came to her one day and I was like, I'm dying. I was like, I'm so tired. I'm so sad. And she was like, Stop being a sponge. She was like, if you're more tired than them at the end of a session, you're doing the work for them, and they're never going to get any better. That stuck with me, and now I know if I start feeling tired or exhausted, then it means that I care about it too much or I'm taking on more responsibility than my client is. No, it's true. Scale that back. A small business is personal and professional because you Mm -hmm. are wrapped in it is your life. If you have a small business and you have a brick and mortar, and you have a vendor come in. I know when we, my brother and I had the commercial cleaning company, we had three businesses asked me if we had insurance. And I said, yes. And two of them went, oh, okay, good to know. And the other one said, let me see your COI. One in six and almost seven years. So if you have a brick and mortar business and you got somebody coming in there, Ask for their ins- ask for their certificate of mm-hmm. insurance so you're covered because if they come in your business and clean mm-hmm. at night or clean the vents, do they whatever they do, if they fall or hurt themselves or any kind right. of accident, that that's on your insurance. So ask them for it. Don't say do you have it. <clears throat> ask them for it with you. You and you can even put yourself down as an additional yeah. insured, which is the way to go. So just little things like that. A, a, a business coach who's never been a small business owner would have read would that in a book have, if they right. did it all. But I actually lived that because mm-hmm. after a couple of years, I told my brother, we were talking about that one day, and I thought, I think I've only been asked a couple of times. I look back and looking through a list of all our clients and only a couple of them. You did. could have been flying totally illegal <laughs> beagle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and the thing, and folks, lock your stuff up. Yeah. Oh, lock your stuff up. If you don't want people lock to see it, it don't see it. But yeah, and I was laughed with people. I could tell a lot of stuff about your business just based on your trash. I could tell who was on vacation because I haven't had to empty the trash can in a week. Right. I could tell who got fired mm-hmm. because that trash can had been emptied and, and has been empty for three weeks right. or they've moved on. And I told a, a, the business owner one day, I said, you know, business is picking up. And she's like, how do you know? I said, you're trash. There's more trash. I said, well, how do you know that? I said, I can tell a lot about your trash. Right. Oh, yeah. I can tell who misses their trash can from their desk. Gross. They can't hit it with their, you know, with their their. Wrapping yeah. for their hamburger they bought at lunch. Uh-huh. All kinds. I take. I, I knew who would go to fast food every day. Right. Oh yeah, cleaning company. You can tell a lot oh. about a business just by the trash. So You're just so little, insightful. Little thing, little things like that. It's just it just happens. Mm-hmm. You just notice that. And just also like man, they've been picking up trash and oh more bit. Because then I asked one day, business picking up. She goes, oh, it's a dentist office. She goes, oh yeah, we've been, we've had a good three months. Go, okay, that makes sense. Uh-huh. You learn that, and yep. so that's what we bring to the table. Our specific experiences like that. You you take us where you want to go, and we'll help you with our knowledge and experience. But if something's not going to work, and we've seen it not work, and there's a reason why it won't work, we'll tell you. Yeah. But if it's close and you want to give it a shot, hey, we're there for you. It's always been interesting when you meet people and you find out what their natural strengths are. And one of mine has always been that I am not very afraid of confrontation. Yeah. I actually enjoy confrontation. Debate was my favorite mm-hmm. class in high school. Yep. I love arguing with people, but not in a way to be not to be antagonistic. But usually, I <laughs> but you know, well, Sometimes I tease fun. you, but yeah. that's that's in fun. But being in business, you have to be able to develop the thick skin oh, yeah. and the skill set to lean into confrontation, so you can. And I think it all stems from wanting to nip things in the bud earlier rather than later, so it doesn't turn into a giant fire. Yeah, there's going to be a client who is going to tell you that you or one of your employees did a bad job. Yep. And your first question is, ex- your first response is, accept it. Yep. Don't fight them on it. Don't tell a client they're wrong because mm-hmm. if you were the client and you know your vendor messed up and your vendor started to tell you, no, 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 you did, you would be mad. So if it's yes. going to make you mad, don't do it. Acknowledge it. Ask them specifically because we had a call one time from one of the offices we clean and they said your your people aren't cleaning and i said what do you mean and and she said well the place just doesn't look clean that doesn't help i can't i can't solve the problem with that then we started talking specifics is it a particular room is it trash and she finally narrowed it down to one trash can because we're three months into this and we'd never seen the trash can they never pointed that out to us so we didn't know it was there but we asked and said no we got all the trash cans so when somebody tells you something's wrong with the service you're providing accept it, and then ask them what it is. Find out exactly what it is so you can fix it. Because if you don't know, right. you, if somebody telling you you missed a spot, mm-hmm. where? There's 2,000 yep. square feet of carpet. Yeah. Where did I miss Gosh, the spot? I was at a concert the other night, and we. it just so happens that my banker shows up, one of my clients shows up. I'm standing on a hill with a guy that I almost hired to be a photographer, but um, decided to go with a woman for my wedding photos instead which is a whole other can of worms. But we had this crazy interesting conversation about really this topic about products and services because there were eight of us standing around, you know, tailgating, ready to go into a show, and we all were small business owners. And what was really interesting is 
we all came to agreement that rather than complaining about something, most of the time, we're just going to never ser- never be a repeat client. Yeah. Right? So, um, so that, I know we're on a little bit of a tangent here, but following up um, yeah. and following up in person, I think, is even more Huge, important yeah. because those surveys that you send out afterwards, like the electronic surveys, meh. Yeah. It, that might tell you when someone's really, really pissed. Yeah. But it's the people that are kind of pissed, but it's not enough that they're going to cause a stink, but they're just going to never come back and work with you again. Yeah, when you go, if you've got a client that you're providing a service for and you go see them on a regular basis, that will nip in the bud something that could be brewing. Mm-hmm. If you stop it right there, they'll go, you know, by the way, the last couple of days, this hasn't been wiped down. Okay, we're on it. Yep. Whereas if it was three months later, you get the email that says, we're thinking about changing services because you guys forget to wipe this down. Right. And that's, yeah, the customer service part of it. Again, what separates you from your competition? A lot of times it's the customer service. Mm -hmm. And think about you as the client. Where do you shop? Where do you eat? Who Mm -hmm. do you buy from? Yep. Same thing. Goes back to your example about Southwest. Their customer service is fantastic. They have always gone above and beyond to make sure that people are comfortable. That they're you might not be sitting in first class, yeah. but they do make sure that their clients oh, yeah. are are Treated taken well. care of. That, I always mm-hmm. felt like they were glad I was there today. Yeah. So yeah. whether they were or not didn't mm-hmm. matter. They gave me the impression they were. So right. I love that. If you have any thoughts on the show, any questions we can answer for you, you can hit us up on social media. You can go to wired2change.com, our website. With the number two. two. You can go email us at info at wired2change.com, again, with the number two. We're on Snapchat. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. And next time, we're going to be talking about what is your brand and how do you market it. Next time on Wired to Change. Number two.